Welcome to Breaker Culture Weekly. The guys from BreakerCulture.com help pull back the curtains and give you insight into the hobby. Sit back and enjoy interviews, product breakdowns, and hobby analysis so you can get your edge in the marketplace. And now, to the show. from Breaker Culture, and uh, this is episode 41 of Breaker Culture Weekly. This is the last episode of 2018. We made it. What a crazy year it's been uh, for just the sports card world, but for us and this podcast and everything that we've kind of evolved into here at Breaker Culture, thank you for joining us for the ride. We've enjoyed every second of it and couldn't have imagined how uh, fun this would be and how uh, popular it's become. The growth uh, in terms of listeners has been absolutely astounding um, the last three months. So thank you so, so much. And as always, we value your feedback. So let us know if there's anything else that we can do to make this even better and uh, more engaging for you. We have a lot in store for 2019. We're excited to just slowly release some of that information the next few weeks. Today's episode is a great capstone for the year because we've tried for a little bit to get Rich Layton on the show and uh, Rich is busy. Uh, Layton is a very, very established group breaker and um, yeah, they're one of the founding fathers, one of the three or four that really began early on and uh, set the tone for group breaking and Rich, you'll, you'll tell really quickly that Rich has a wealth of expertise and knows what he's doing, See th- sees things from a lot of different angles, which I think is really helpful as a as a listener. You get to hear kind of a, a pretty well-rounded perspective on stuff. And uh, so, yeah, I think I think you're going to really enjoy the conversation with Rich. We talk about a lot of things. His story is is very, very cool. And I think anyone that's a, you know, is a collector or especially anyone that's a new group breaker and is trying to figure out their way in this, this you know, this hobby is marketplace. Listen to Rich's story. This is not just a testament to kind of his uh, tenacity, but also just a testament to what a great nation we live in. What a great nation that supports and and provides opportunities for capitalism. And um, yeah, you know, we, we tend to forget that stuff sometimes, but in no other nation in the world could, um, could someone put together the type of story and um, success that a guy like Rich has done and many others in the industry have done as well. So yeah, pick that up. I think you'll see very clearly that uh, Rich is a, is a hard, hard worker and has earned every bit of what uh, success he has in this industry. Uh, we talk about a lot of different things around products and um, different things around manufacturers. You know, who has the most to prove in 2019? Um, what happens when in a down economy? How do we respond? So a lot of things that I think uh, you'll you'll pick up and, and hopefully enjoy. It's a long conversation. We spoke for almost three hours. I couldn't believe it. When I, when I looked at the time, I said, oh my gosh, Rich, we talked for just about three hours. So it took me like five days to edit out what I thought was you know important for you to hear. And and uh, so yeah, there's a little bit of cutting out here and there because of a, a storm that was kind of in the middle of our conversation, but I did the best to make sure it sounds smooth. So hopefully uh, that doesn't get in the way of, of the content. Um, only other thing I'll mention, actually two things I'll mention. One, Jump on to Breaker Culture. We put out the new pricing ladders. We've been doing this, try to do it every week for specifically uh, for Prism Basketball Silver Rookies. Check out that crazy fluctuations in those prices. They're starting to come back up. Uh, obviously, Luka Doncic is helping a whole ton in terms of that product, in terms of any basketball product for that matter. 
Uh, I also have a Bowman Draft pricing ladder out there. Um, so uh, jump on there and, and check out the pricing ladder for Bowman Draft cards. Much more stable pricing than Prism Basketball. Uh, I think it's probably just a reflection of basketball versus baseball collectors. But uh, but yeah, look at that weekly. You can see the top 10, who's moved the most, who has the most volume. It's a really good way to, to use that as a, as a way to invest in players and also support your, your collecting of, of certain players. So uh, breakerculture.com, you'll see that. You can either see it on the front page for the newer articles or go to pricing ladders up top and you'll see it on the drop down. The other thing I'll mention is that uh, heading into 2019, you, you probably noticed we don't have a lot of sponsorships on the on the show. Um, you know, we, we're to the point now where we could. We could potentially have people uh, buy up sponsorships and help support a lot of the time we put into this. But uh, for the time being, I don't think we're going to do that. Uh, I just don't feel like that's the right avenue to go down yet. Um, but uh, if you do want to support the podcast in the show notes on, on iTunes or in the link uh, on the page, you'll see a support button. Uh you are welcome to support us and help us kind of make this happen. You know, it does take up a lot of time and it does uh, it does require a lot of resources. Uh, so if you feel obliged to support us either monthly, a couple bucks a month or whatever, or just a one time, you know, hey, thanks for doing what you guys do. It's helpful. Uh, super, super thankful if you're willing to do that. Uh, obviously no obligation, uh, but we wanted to open that up in case folks do want to kind of say, hey, yeah, we are thankful for what you guys are doing. You're doing a great job. Uh, we love to, to see you continue doing this. So um, that's all I'll mention on that. Look in the show notes. Look up. If you go to iTunes, go to the very bottom. You can see, hey, support this podcast and you can do it through through our uh, podcast platform. But other than that, have a great New Year's. Enjoy the beginning of 2019 and enjoy this great conversation with Rich Layton from Layton Sports Cards. Talk to you soon. Rich, how you doing, man? What's up, buddy? Oh, not much. How was your Christmas? It was quiet, <laughs> which I guess means it was a good Christmas. It was, <laughs> it was very relaxing. Nice. Do you, you guys have any like obscure Christmas traditions or anything you guys do? Your wife, Sarah, right? Sarah? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife is Sarah. Um, I mean, we we pretty much. Uh, my mom came over. My nephew came over, and. We had dinner together and watched some TV, exchanged some gifts, and that was about it. Nice. Check the box, yeah. and here we are, 26. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Do you uh, you guys have a go-to Christmas movie? Do you have a movie you watch every year or no? It's got to be Christmas Vacation. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. nice. Absolutely watch that every year. Yeah. I feel like our age group is kind of in the tail end of that. We still watch Christmas Vacation, so we get it. <laughs> But five years younger than us, and it's like, nah, people don't really want to watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's an all time classic. We 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 love it, and you know, there's a couple others. You know, my my wife and I also enjoy White Christmas, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, we like some of the old school stuff too. You know, yeah, like like it's a Wonderful Life. That old, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I've seen it so many times. Yeah, um, we. But just I don't know. I could I could I could go without it and it wouldn't matter. Yeah. I mean it's I guess it's nice to see once a year type of thing and nostalgic, but Yeah. I'm with eh. you. I'm with you. Hundred percent. Yeah, we uh, our ours is always jingle all the way and this year we watched it and this is really the first year 
that I watched it and I was kind of like, man, I'm actually kind of tired of this. We need a new tradition movie. (laughs) (laughs) So I got to find a new one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The years are going by so much faster anymore. As you get older, I guess it seems like every year for me is, is it shorter and shorter? Um, Hmm. so it feels just like, uh, yesterday we're watching last year's, uh, Christmas movies and whatnot and decorating and whatever. Totally. I mean, the time goes by so quick. No doubt. No doubt. Well, cool. Well, Hey, well, first off, thank you for joining. Uh, it has been a long time coming. I'm glad to finally get you on the show, uh, even during the holiday season. But I mean, most people know you, you've been around a long time in this hobby. One of the dinosaurs is not the right word. One of the founding fathers, <laughs> we'll say the founding fathers of group breaking. <laughs> um, so, so thank you. But Maybe to begin, I mean, how long have you guys actually been around group breaking and kind of give a little bit of the background of Leighton's so, sports cards? Yeah, I think we've, we've, uh, I think officially, um, it's been about seven years now. Wow. Um, a little over seven years, actually. I think we, we've heard, we created our very first website at the end of 2011. So, mm. Kind of a unofficially just had our seven year anniversary. Okay. Um, uh, man, it was, uh, I mean, back then we were streaming on like blog TV. Wow. Yeah. It wasn't the beginning blog of time. TV, man. That, you, that was a long time ago. That was. They don't even exist anymore, right? Nope. No, yeah. that was, uh, I think, if I remember correctly, blog TV was, I mean, that, man. I mean, shortly after Blog TV had disappeared, I think is when that Vaughn Live ah. had first started, which eventually, obviously, became Breakers. Yeah, became Breakers TV. Um, and I remember there was a big like Blog TV was ending, and you know the Breakers kind of some went one way, some went another way. We went with UStream back then. Okay. That's what we kind of broke off and started using was UStream and. Uh, trying to remember there was another platform at the time uh i think i guess maybe it was just mainly Ustream. yeah but uh man that was uh yeah that was a long time ago isn't that crazy <laughs> i mean really in reality it was like six or seven years ago five five years ago but it seems like an eternity ago yeah it, it definitely feels that way yeah so did you, did you have a shop when you started breaking or did you start breaking first? Vice versa. We okay. actually – we started breaking out of my apartment uh-huh. uh, in in uh, South Jersey in North Cape May. Um, we started breaking out of our apartment, tiny little apartment we were living in. Hmm. And uh, we had like this back office slash empty bedroom. It was like an extra bedroom in the back of the apartment. We, nice. we did all of our breaks from there. Um and it got it, you know, as as things progressed and things grew, <clears throat> we quickly outgrew that apartment. And uh, you know, looked at my wife, and she looked at me and said, "We need to, we need to come up with something different pretty quick." <laughs> so there was a uh, retail space that uh, had actually come open for uh, for rent down the street. It was cheap. Beautiful. It was a nice sized place, and you know, one thing led to another. Before we knew it, we opened a small card shop there and. North Cape Maine kept on breaking. That's awesome. So you were having to scoot over cards off the dinner table to eat. <laughs> and your wife's like, you know what? Enough's enough. Go get yourself some real space. <laughs> I, you know, I think the breaking point was we actually woke up one day and we had team bag strips no. on our 
on in, like in our hair <laughs> when we woke up in bed one day. That's I'm not kidding. <laughs> we looked. I looked over at Sarah and she had like a team bag strip glistening in her hair. I'm like, oh man, she's not going to like that. <laughs> well, so, to the, to the you know, team bag like, credit, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. So. Those little burgers are hard to find. They're always hiding places. So, oh my god, they stick to everything. <laughs> they do. But yeah, shouldn't be sticking to your wife, sir. Agreed. <laughs> nice. So you moved into the new spot, uh, opened up a business. Did you, I mean, did you really focus on the retail joint or was that just kind of a way for you to break more? I mean, we were originally, <laughs> I was originally going to open a gaming store. That was my business plan in 2011. <laughs> there was no gaming store in our area at all. You had to drive an hour away and gaming at the time, like Magic the Gathering and everything else, was really just starting to take off like crazy. It was getting hot. And, you know, I'd always collected cards and everything else. I've always been interested in the, in the hobby, in our hobby. But <clears throat> at the time, I was trying to fulfill a need for, you know, what was going on mm -hmm. in, in our area, you know, and I was going to open a gaming store and everything else. And that was going to be great. And I had all these plans and we're about to do it. We're about to get a business loan to do it and everything else. We were literally, I had everything ready to go. No kidding. Yeah. And I'm not choking you just two blocks down the road from my house. Somebody opened a gaming store <laughs> just like that. Like, I mean, two weeks before we were ready to get a loan just like that. Wow. So I literally had to scrap my plan. Uh, just, I <laughs> just, I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm done. You know, went back to work. Well, well I was still, I would guess I was still working at the time anyway. So mm -hmm. I, uh, I just kind of went back to the drawing board and I'm like, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. You know, uh, I, at the time I was building houses and <clears throat> fell off a ladder <clears throat> shortly after that, uh, took a spill, like a really bad spill. I fell quite a, quite a distance off a extension ladder, broke my ankle, busted myself up. Uh, both my hips were screwed up. My arm was busted. Uh, you know, I was pretty beat up. I was off my feet for a while. Uh, the housing market in our area had dropped. I was out of work, could barely walk. <laughs> uh, you know, this is, uh, this is right around the end of 2011. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> my wife came home with a box of cards. Um, I think it was 2011 top series two. I want to say something like that. Hobby box. I opened it up. I mean, this is the first box of cards I had opened since like 1994, wow. somewhere around there, 95, something like that, mid-90s, <laughs> early mid-90s. Um, I'm like, holy crap, this is totally different from what I remember. Uh, went on eBay, started looking at singles, went on, uh, went on the internet, started looking around there, stumbled across, uh, you know, Mojo break. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first guy I found. I just I saw a YouTube video of his, and uh, I stumbled across Chris Justice from Cards Infinity. Yeah, and I saw you know he had a bunch of YouTube videos at the time, and I sent. I actually had sent both of them an email. I said, "What is this? And what are you doing? Like, how does this work?" 
And, you know, they both, they actually both responded. And I said, look, I, I would, this is something I feel like I'd be really good at and I would like to get into. And they both said, well, look, you you know, to do it legitimately, you're going to need a business license and you're going to need this. You're going to need that. You're probably going to want to go through a distributor to get your products and blah, blah, blah. There, you know, especially Doug from Mojo. I think at the time, Chris Justice was really busy. Mm-hmm. Like that guy was ripping nonstop. Yep. When we opened the store, I think our thought process, part of our thought process behind it was trying to add legitimacy to group breaking um, and giving it, you know, a brick and mortar feel mm-hmm. and actually having a, an actual place for, you know, a place of business where people could actually come in and actually watch us break in yeah. person. Oh, that's cool. Um, I think really, you know, it did. I, 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 I tried to, I tried to take the approach of, you know, I mean, back then nobody knew what it was. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, there's still a lot of people actually don't know exactly what group breaking is or how it works. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that, uh, that haven't even given it a try. So yeah. to this day, I mean, I, I've always tried to be, uh, as forward as possible in terms of trying to explain what we do and how things work and everything. Um, you know, even with our store now. So, I mean, that, I think that was a big part of why we, uh, we wanted to break from the shop and get people in there, let them see what we do firsthand. Um, add, you know, add more of a comfort feel to yep. it. Um, yep. rather than somebody breaking from their house or from an undisclosed location, you know, you'd see a lot of guys back then that were kind of just breaking from a, you know, a bedroom and stuff, just like how we started. Mm-hmm. Um, so we wanted to kind of take more of an, a, a mature approach to it. I love it. I'm assuming you were solo at the time. You, I mean, maybe your wife was helping, but you were by, did you have anybody working for you or was it just you going crazy? Yeah. Uh, you know, it was when we very first opened the store, it was myself and, uh, let's see, I had two helpers, one of which was, was Brian Ripka, who still helps us out, hmm. helps us out from time to time to this day. He, uh, he hasn't worked for us like full time in ages, but he actually comes to the nationals with us and helps us out whenever we need it. Oh, that's cool. And we're doing all the big shows and stuff like that. He's a, he's a great friend of ours. <laughs> and uh, he was one of the first people actually to, to help us out full time. Um, we had a couple other people here and there that would come in and help sort and, you know, uh, stuff like that. My nephew actually didn't start working for us until uh, a couple of years later. He came in and started sorting and shipping. So, yeah, nice. I mean, it's mainly myself. I mean, I was doing all the breaks. There were weeks where, um, you know, I, I'd actually not have Brian to run the inside of the store. So I would actually run the shop most of the day and then just stay there and then break all night. So oh, wow. there was a lot of weeks like that in a row. No um, kidding. That could get pretty tough. Yeah. Well, and I don't have stats to back this up, but I mean, there has been an increase in the total number of products, no doubt. I don't think anyone would argue with that. But oh yeah. Did, did you think back then it was it was easier to handle the breaks because of the limited number of breaks? And I, and I think being newer to it at the time probably didn't make it seem easy. But looking back on it now, was it easier mm-hmm. to handle that? You know, um, that's a good question. I, I mean, I guess it's all relative, right? Because I mean. If I have more people working for me now and there's more releases, you know, yep. we're all still working really hard. So sure. it's hard to actually gauge that. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, back then I was working pretty much nonstop. So, uh, you know, also back then we we're still kind of new. Um, so right. we had to work pretty hard to get our brakes filled. I mean, we had to reach, you know, as many people as we could yeah. and to get as many people in the room as possible. We're doing, you know, giveaways and promos and this and that every single night. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, we did everything we could to, to fill the brakes and keep customers happy no matter what mm-hmm. um which we still do uh just i guess we had to work harder at it back then mm-hmm. it was such a, it was still such a new concept um you know in terms of group breaking it existed well before we came along but you know in terms of being widespread it, it, it's nowhere it was nowhere close to where it is now right in, ter- in terms of popularity and in terms of uh customers so hmm. you know i guess it's all relative <laughs> Yeah, that's a great point. Well, I guess you also factor in just the just the technology now makes it so much easier, more efficient for you. Yeah, Back I mean, then it was just brutal. We we actually didn't start uploading. Uh, we would save the videos to like an external hard drive back yeah, then. Yeah, but we didn't actually we didn't upload the full videos to youtube we didn't start uploading full videos to youtube until like the end of 2012 beginning of 2013 because it would actually take back then exactly two hours right so you weren't working with like compressed files you know what i mean like you had a, just a giant huge file for each individual break so yeah. you would go to upload it onto youtube it would take four five six hours yeah exactly new products and that's a, out. And, and that was with a great internet connection at the time <laughs> You know, or at least for what they were offering at the time. I mean, now we have a gig yep. service in our shop and we're uploading videos in seconds. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy how far it's come along. Yeah. No doubt. I, I still am fascinated just by the YouTube live stuff. I think the YouTube live stuff is just incredible to me. Just how great the quality is. The buffering is very limited in most cases and just the interaction you can do. It just, Absolutely. It's so nice. Yeah. It just makes for breaking it just makes for such a great experience. Yes, it does. Um, and it's, uh, I mean, we've been uploading videos and break videos onto YouTube for so long that yeah. we actually had a great advantage when a lot of, you know, when we actually switched over to YouTube streaming platform, uh, after we were done with Ustream, uh, we switched over. This is years ago. This is when they first started offering it. Yeah. Uh, we started using it immediately. Uh, we, I mean, we, at the time we probably had like eight, nine, 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. Wow. It would all get like an alert that we were live. Beautiful. So <laughs> we had a huge, uh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't. So when we went from like blog to TV to Ustream, uh, blog TV to Ustream, it was really hard to tell everybody back then, Hey, we're going to Ustream. Mm-hmm. You know, come find us over here. So we would put like we actually embedded the the live feed on our website and went through all this work to try to get everybody to come over to, to Ustream. And we <laughs> probably lost quite a few customers because they all went to uh, Vaughn Live at the time yep. or went to a different platform. Um, now you're already on YouTube. Everybody's subscribing to your YouTube videos. So it's all kind of in one place hmm. um, and it makes it so much easier. To, to get out to everybody and let them know that we're breaking. That's true. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess back then there was more of a loyalty to the platform, and now YouTube has kind of standardized everything where there's there's less of a loyalty to a platform, more more of a loyalty to the people we like. 
So that's funny. So if you if you were to look back 2011 to 2014, if you were to refocused on something, what would you have focused on a little bit differently? Maybe put more focus towards something. Ah, hmm. uh, man, that's tough. Maybe uh, a sport. Maybe a maybe a platform. Maybe uh, something way you ran your business. Anything come to mind? You know, I, I think first and foremost, the the main thing I would change is probably how uh, I, I probably would have invested a lot more of my time into training another mm. breaker and developing and cultivating that person as a an employee. Uh, and a full-time employee at Leighton Sports Cards because now it's, you know, it's just myself and Brad. And, you know, to, to if I had known then where I was going to be now, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I yeah. probably would have invested a lot of my time into training uh, either a person or, or people uh, to break and to, you know, become – breakers for late sports cards or even if they wanted to just go break on their own it just would have it would have been better for us and better for the entire industry at the time um i just you get so caught up in the moment uh especially back then i was you know we're so new Mm -hmm. Uh, i was just solely focused in the being in the in that moment in that time and just doing the breaks that we could uh it was really hard to find time to devote to training or teaching anybody else at the time. Hmm. That's, that's a good one. That's, that's interesting. I haven't really heard anyone say that, but I mean, knowing the conversation before we started today, I can see why he would say that. <laughs> so I guess yeah. that, that brings I mean, up. That's good... been our biggest, that's been one of our biggest hurdles, you know, yeah. um, having time. I mean, our, our customers, we have such a great following. Yeah. Um, we really do. We have one of the best communities out there. Uh, just great, great, great people that follow us and hmm. and and uh, support our breaks. That uh, they 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 want us to break more, and they want us to do more different products and do do different styles and break more daytime or mm-hmm. you know certain days of the week or whatever. And we just we're 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 almost at capacity. In terms of how much we can actually break, just because of help hmm. and, and having good help in in person in the shop, so that's become one of our biggest hurdles. Yeah, that makes sense. But so, how do you figure out capacity then? I mean, you do most of the breaks, right? I mean, you're doing a lot of them. I don't want to say most, but uh, yeah, I do. I, I do the majority. I mean, it's it's gone on and off where we've had people people come in and start breaking for us and stuff to where I could break a little less and focus more on the business. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's, you know, but recently, you know, we've, we've gone through a couple of new people that didn't work out and I've had to come back to breaking more, which I think a lot of our customers like because it's kind of like the old days or whatever. Um, (laughs) You know, my, my nephew Brad does eh, almost half the breaks, maybe Okay, less than half, maybe a third somewhere in that, in that range. I mean, Mm -hmm. I break typically on Wednesday, uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And then Brad does Sunday night and Monday night. But Brad also does personal boxes at the end of each night. Ah, okay. Now, he's there uh, most of those nights as well because we actually 
actually break with two people um, where we have a person helping the breaker every night, mm-hmm. um, top loading, sleeve, uh, you know, sleeving, top loading, organizing, yep. taping the thick stock cards, uh, taping the top loaders with mm-hmm. like painter's tape, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so it's easier on the shippers and sorters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they deal with like, like we have a point system that we use for people who go hitless and breaks and they'll update when people go hitless and they kind of also moderate the chat. It's just like a, almost like an expediter, if you will, um, for breaking. Yeah. So that's, that's the other thing is that, you know, if we're running two people and we only have two breakers, you know what I mean? Yep. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, all of a sudden both of you are working pretty much seven days a week. So yeah, it's, uh, it gets hard to find, uh, you know, somebody that's willing to work those crazy hours at night. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That brings up a good point, though. I mean, what, uh, I guess, looking back again, or maybe even just recently, have you done, have you come across anything that's really revolutionized the way you run things logistically? Anything that's really helped do things more efficiently? Is it adding another person? Are you printing you know, labels differently? I, yeah, <laughs> that, that was a big, big change that we took on. Yeah. Uh, one was the, I mean, when we integrated the point system on our website, uh, that changed a lot. So we can now, so years ago we offered hobby packs. Okay. You would get like a random hobby pack if you went hitless in a particular break. Mm-hmm. Um, some breaks would offer it, some breaks wouldn't and so on and so forth. Now sure. we have the point system, which kind of took away the hobby packs. Huh. So from that, we realized that if we added a person like live while we we're doing the breaks to update those points and also expedite top loading and such of all the cards that were going to be shipped out for the breaks, we then could speed up our shipping process. Mm. So now we went from shipping like one slash two days a week to shipping three slash four days a week because oh. of that. That's, made a yeah. huge difference. That, that is like our difference. whole business actually sped up by moving a person to from the you know from sorting a chip mm-hmm. thing over to uh, being live with the breaker at night. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think you are starting to see that a little bit more with breakers, but you obviously been doing it for a while. You realize how incredibly important it is. Just a little bit. So, yeah, I mean all. Yeah, I, I, uh, a lot of the game in terms of what we do as a breaker is ship times and accuracy. Mm. So if you're able to, you know, pull a big hit for a customer and immediately have it tagged, mm-hmm. photographed, team bagged uh, with the person's name on it, their, you know, the the type of shipping we want on it, uh, you know, if it's priority, if it's got to be insured or whatever, the next yep. day. Our shipper comes in in the morning, sees that, puts it in a type of, uh, you know, whatever type of packaging it needs to be packaged in, and it goes right out the door. Beautiful. So it's it's seamless. So that's what we've tried to do with the back end of our our business is mm-hmm. trying to make it as, you know, as uh, as good of a flow as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Efficiency. Yeah. And I think our customers have, you know, really come to enjoy the way we've changed things over the last couple of years. Absolutely. So. Well, I can only assume it's taken a lot of the stress off of you, right? I mean, because 
you kind of bear the burden of that to a degree. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. To a degree. I mean, we, we have plans for the future as well. I mean, in terms of trying to get it even more efficient, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, with, uh, uh, more user-friendly, uh, app, Mm -hmm. you know, a full fledged app that would, you know, give you your tracking number, uh, Mm -hmm. um, uh, like a live update tracking through like a customer portal through uh, latent sports cards app and everything else um, telling you different things and, you know, really trying to get it more integrated in terms of uh, like an all in one type of thing. The way we have it now is where, you know, you get emailed a tracking number and a lot of the people can't find the tracking or they accidentally delete it. Yeah. And then they have to send us an email and they're like, hey, where's my tracking number? So we're trying to like get rid of that whole part of what we do. Absolutely. Just make it, hey, come to one spot. Everything's right here, you know? Totally. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. I love that you're thinking that way. I mean, that's just the way business, that's the th- direction business is going, e-business at least. Yeah. Consolidating, keeping <laughs> things absolutely. in one place. So that's, that's beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, and that's, that's where you have to, I mean – if, you, if you're going to keep up with the times and yep. your customers are always going to evolve in terms of their needs and wants. So you have to make sure that you're, you're doing the same for your business and meeting their needs. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Yeah. So would you say these days you're, you're focused a lot less on adding new customers or maybe just a little less? I'm sorry. Are, are you focused a lot less on adding new customers or are you, are you focused maybe a little less? <laughs> Customer acquisition is always a big topic that comes up here. So I'm, I'm just curious, do you, do you, have you gotten to that point where you're not so stressed anymore about adding new customers? You feel so confident in your customer base? No, you know, we have, we, we actually pride ourselves on our intake of new customers. Yeah. I mean, pretty much every single night I break, I have at least five to 10 new names buying into breaks hmm. every That's night. Awesome. Uh, maybe more, um, maybe quite a bit more. And it's hard to keep up with. I mean, uh, we we're always trying to expand and evolve in terms of reaching out to new people. Um, we have a lot of people that come into our feed on a nightly basis that have never Mm -hmm. seen a group break before. Mm -hmm. Like, what is this? And it, you know, it it pops up on the recommended viewing on YouTube. (laughs) So, I mean, it's pretty interesting. I mean, we get people from all different walks of life finding us and, you know, we have to explain what we do. We actually have it right on our website. Um, We have actual video tutorials uh, from what is a group break all the way down to how to buy a spot. Um, Literal video that we've uploaded onto YouTube that you know, we give them a whole playlist of videos that shows them exactly what to do from how it works, what to expect, what not to expect, and, you know, how to check out. And, yeah, you know, we, we, we advise everybody, hey, just hang out and watch for a little while. If you have a question, just ask. Yeah. And we have, you know, pretty a pretty active chat room with a lot of people watching every night uh, to where they're always happy to help and explain things to people with questions. So... I mean, really, our, our customers do a lot of the work for us in terms yeah, exactly. of, you know, bringing in new people and explaining how things work. And they're always very welcoming and makes our lives a lot easier. Heck yeah. 
sign of a loyal loyal customer base too. So that's, that's a great thing. I, I did notice that on your website, your FAQ section. You have uh, videos for every step, and I think that's that's pretty unique. That is pretty sweet. And that's something we've always wanted to do. Um, yeah. We had a you know a couple of people worked really hard on getting that together for us. Uh, Ryan ninety or Ryan and Eddie yeah. uh, R ninety people know him as R ninety. Um, he he helped us so much with uh, getting that end of our business together and you know uh our it guy uh, jay he was a big uh part of getting all, all that together and hmm. you know we have we have it takes a it takes a village you know what i mean no doubt no doubt um so you mentioned this earlier and we were talking about this kind of pre-recording here um you're looking to add another breaker and i'm curious kind of what 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 makes it so difficult to find the right groove breaker? Uh, it's not necessarily yeah. the right group breaker. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really just the right person. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it it takes a certain brand of person uh, mm. that is self motivated. Yeah. Um, and that can multitask on a whole different level. Uh. You essentially need somebody that can run and operate a computer with ease. Uh, you don't want somebody that's not good with computers because, <laughs> I mean, that's that's your main tool. You know, I mean, you wouldn't want to hire a carpenter that didn't know how to use a hammer. So uh, <laughs> that's the first thing we're looking for. And the second thing we're looking for is somebody with a decent enough personality that we would feel comfortable putting Sure. Them in front of our customers. Yep. I mean, you're essentially you're putting yourself on display. Yeah. I'm not saying you have to be, you know, Tom Cruise or anything uh, and be this amazing looking guy or anything like that. That's not at all what we're looking for. We're just looking for somebody that can be personable and relatable uh, and then have some sort of sports car knowledge, mm-hmm. which is a niche type industry, a very small niche industry. Mm-hmm. So. Very true. To find somebody with multiple things at once like that, usually we're looking for like two out of the three, and then we're willing to teach somebody the rest, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, then you have to have the ultra flexible schedule, uh, and you also have to live in you know our area or be willing to relocate to our area too. So yeah, it can be tough. Let's be honest. If Tom Cruise really did reach out to you today and said he wanted the job. You wouldn't turn them down. Oh, that'd be awesome. No, that'd be great. That would be great. I would love that. That would be amazing. I mean, we've had quite a few people over the years sit in and do breaks with us and stuff like that, different personalities, athletes, yep. and, yep. you know, it, <laughs> it's funny watching people that, you know, you've seen on television or at, as uh-huh. a personality on tv doing interviews and this and that and the other thing and then all of a sudden you add cards to the mix and customers and a live chat and everything changes <laughs> and all of a sudden they're not so comfortable anymore and they they're don't normal. know what to do with their hands they don't know how to you know hold the card and look into the chat at the same time yeah uh, uh you know it gets it gets tricky um it, it comes with experience so totally totally and uh yeah, I mean, it's it. Like I said, it, it takes a certain type of person really to to do well in group breaking and and be and be willing to work hard enough to to become better all the time. I'm, I'm constantly watching my own videos. Yeah, 
to see what I'm doing wrong. Hmm. So it's like, uh, and how I can improve. I mean, I've been breaking for seven years and I constantly picking on myself and constantly, you know, trying to tell myself while I'm breaking, Hey, don't do this anymore. Don't do that anymore. You know, I, I picture you sitting in a room with John Gruden and him making you break down the tape, <laughs> you know, with the top quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rich, what would you have said? Yeah, maybe that's what I need. Maybe I need, I need the Gruden. Maybe. Wait. Maybe it makes us a little bit better. I don't know. I'd, I'd welcome his uh, his criticism, though. Heck yeah, heck yeah. Who, who's uh, who's been your your favorite uh, celebrity or sports star to have break with you or kind of sit side by side with you? Anybody come to mind? You know, when I when I did the there was one year at the national where we were invited to be on stage with uh, Bobby Hall, and he oh. opened he opened like a box of I think it was Prime Hockey at the time. Uh-huh. He had never opened. He said he never opened a box of hockey cards. What? Yeah. So that was really cool to see him like actually look at the cards mm-hmm. and enjoy them for the first time. And I was literally like sitting right next to him. That was really neat. That is cool. Um, yeah. That that kind of blew me away. It's like a full grown like, wow, kid. This is it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, I know this guy. He's going to be really good. But, you know, looking at different cards and different player names and stuff. So yeah, that was that was a really cool experience. That was that was a few years back in Chicago. Oh, gotcha. At the national. Yeah, I was at that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That was a that was a cool experience. Pretty sweet. So uh, I am curious. You you did uh you you moved from New Jersey to Florida three years ago. How and we don't have to get into all that, but how, how is the collecting audience and maybe just the demographics and personalities of people different in Florida versus New Jersey when it comes to sports cards? Uh, when it comes to sports cards, I don't think it's much different. I mean, the mm-hmm. overall mentality of people from the Northeast to the South is completely different. Mm-hmm. So it's been, come off as Northeasterners when we talk to different people and we come off a bit brash, you know, uh, people in the Northeast tend to kind of tell it like it is and I don't have a lot of time to waste. Whereas down here, it's you know everybody's way more laid back and mm-hmm. uh, a bit more down to earth and kind of uh, you know happy go lucky in, in terms of their demeanor. Um, so it's been a bit of an adjustment. Um, it's actually rubbed off on us quite a bit. We've <laughs> you know learned how to relax and take things in stride a lot easier down here than it was up there. Um, but in terms of a a collector, I think it's, it's pretty similar. I mean, we haven't we haven't had any real adjustments within the shop, or you know, in terms of breaking and everything. I mean, we've always had such a such a wide audience, mm-hmm. or we've had a really wide audience online for quite a bit now. So it's we've always tried to stay in tune to everybody and everybody's needs and wants and and demands and and uh, you know we've always tried to accommodate all different types of collectors. So I think because of that, uh, you know, we haven't really noticed any kind of changes in terms of who we're dealing with or anything. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. It's funny. You, you kind of explain the differences between the people in general and that's what I would assumed, right? I would oh, assume yeah. that the brashness and this, the laid backness being the two kind of t- opposite ends of the spectrum. Huge difference. It yeah. really uh, I mean, even, you know, we've, we've just started to make, you know, some, some local friends here and stuff and, mm-hmm. uh, get to know a couple of, of people close to our age. 
And it's just day and night. Uh, you know, our friends ho- at home versus our friends here. They're just so <laughs> different. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, you don't hear of any like insane sports fans from Orlando or even no. Miami for that matter. You, that isn't, I mean, I'm sure there are insane sports fans down there, but you just don't hear. You know, you don't picture I, I think that the, the, the big fanatics tend to be more college uh, uh, that's sports true. fans, college, especially college football. Ah, uh, yeah. I and mean, college football is everything in the South. It's huge, even in Orlando. I mean, you see, we're we're only twenty minutes away from UCF. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, and you know, they're they're a powerhouse team. Heck yeah! I mean, that that team has been incredible over the last you know two, three, four years or whatever it's been. Yeah. Whenever. You know, I mean, they're they're still like giant Blake Bortles fans here for crying out loud because of his <laughs> days at UCF. You know, I mean, it's uh, so there's there's huge, huge, huge college football following down here. Yeah, um, constantly have people come into our store looking for certain pl- uh, certain colleges rather than certain NFL teams. <laughs> So, and that's, that's actually probably been our biggest adjustment is trying to meet those needs uh-huh. as opposed to before, you know, I mean, in the Northeast, there were more, uh, they wanted the pro stuff, you know, mm-hmm. pro baseball, pro football, whatever. They didn't really, we didn't have a big college college following in the Northeast. So that's been, a, that's a big change. That is a big adjustment. Yeah. So are you stocking more like memorabilia and stuff? Or are you trying to stock more college well, we can obtain memorabilia pretty quickly. Okay. So if somebody comes in and says they need a jersey of what Jameis Winston or whatever, we can get it in a day. Nice. So, uh, but if you know for cards, yeah, I mean we we try to have some some college singles out, Florida State stuff, yep. Florida stuff, um, you know, uh, Miami stuff. You know, we we Georgia stuff. We get a lot of Georgia fans, huh. Tennessee fans, and you yeah, know, see, Alabama. Baby. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, all SEC stuff. I mean, that's typically what you know. Yeah, what people want. So yeah, I get it, man. So I'm we're a big Mizzou family. So when we moved from the Big Twelve to SEC, I don't know what six years ago now. You didn't get it at the time, but now six years into it, you get how serious people take this. <laughs> you go to a game, yeah. and you see the fans that come in for their like a Georgia game or for an Alabama game, and it's just. It is a way of life for yes, a lot it of these is. people. Yeah. Yes, it is. I mean, they're they're they they take it as seriously, if not more serious, than an NFL, even a big NFL fan. Yeah. I mean, they it's it's definitely a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, they plan their weekends around it. I I can't say that I uh I don't envy that. I think it's kind of cool. I think it's fun. I'd, I'd love for I'd love to have that mentality for a short period of life with my family, but. <laughs> I, I enjoy it a Saturday, and I'm like, yeah, okay, now. <laughs> so uh, back to the pros. Um, but cool. Can we take a break real quick, and then I, I'd love to talk about some products. If you have a few more minutes, sure. Nicole. All right. Absolutely. All right, cool. We're back. Uh, so let, let's talk about. Let's talk about some products here for a minute. And you know, we were just talking beforehand about how 2019 is going to be greatly affected by a lot of things and some of it being the economy. I just looked at the stock market today. It's December 26th and it's up a thousand points. So good for us. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Great. I mean, 
It was just down 500 <laughs> to what, three days ago, two days ago, three yeah. days ago. Yeah. So. Hey, we'll take it. It's a good thing. I don't know. Yeah, we'll take it. I saw it's down, it's up, it's down, it's up. Right. Know. Retail spending. If I read this correctly, the U.S. spent more money this holiday than ever before, which makes sense. And it was like $850 billion Americans spent. Holy moly. That is mind-boggling. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that is nothing to do with products. Um, 2018. Let's... Uh, I'd love to dig into some products you liked, some that you didn't like. But uh, if you were to if you were to pick your favorite product of 2018, does does one come glaring, like glaring to mind, or do you have to think about it? So hard from my perspective, because we ripped just about every product. Yeah, and there aren't many products that we skip, and we try to break just about everything. Mm -hmm. Um, man, I mean. I don't know how you leave a product like Transcendent off of any list ever, but it, it's built that way. Yeah. So it's kind of cheat mode for that answer. Yeah. I mean, you, there's so many different price points and different expectations of products at those price points in particular sports uh, that it's hard to narrow it down to just one. What's your favorite sport to collect or, uh, or break? collect or break um do you collect are you a collector yourself i do yeah what uh yep. what do you like to collect what sport preferably tom brady <laughs> he's it's an entirely new sport it's called the tom brady sport <laughs> tom brady plain and simple tom right. brady what's a uh, yeah okay crazy pc of tom brady um, so football. Uh, um, I collect some Red Sox stuff too. I collect some, uh, you know, some Celtic stuff here and there. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, well, fortunately and unfortunately, the Boston teams have been really good over the last handful of years. So yeah, prepare yourself. Uh, typically, they're you know for their star players, they cost quite a bit more. Yeah. Um, you know, especially Brady. He's a he's an expensive PC. Um, no. Kidding. So I have to actually like plan out and and save when i when i know there's a certain card coming out of his or one that might be available for sale i i really have to plan it out and budget for it but hmm. uh what was your favorite tom brady card in the 2018 product this year hmm. Ooh, let's see because there was a lot this year right there was started, a lot this yeah. year way more than the past handful of years yeah um it wasn't much at all for the last couple I think, uh, you know, Flawless Football was a 2015 Flawless Football. Oh, wow. Okay. And then all of a sudden he just fell off a cliff and you couldn't see him. And he didn't see him in 16 or 17 really at all. Mm -hmm. um, my favorite one from this year. Uh, they At the beginning of the year, and I think we pulled one out of Elements Football. Ah. Was the uh, the re edition of the Super Bowl on card auto? Uh, those the Panini Super Bowl on card auto, yeah, the short prints that they yep. put out. That's probably my favorite Tom Brady this year. So the, I, I remember that. So they put like, and by the way, Elements was a it comes up a lot in conversations, kind of a sneaky good product of the year. Um, that was there's only like four of them, right? Four guys in there that snuck in there for the Super Bowl reprints, yeah. There were. 
And then the Brady was really hard to find. I've only seen a few of them. And I have one of them. Nice. Um, I mean, it was from a break. We pulled the card, the actual card. And uh, one of our customers, you know, obviously, uh, I sent him a message as soon as we pulled the card. It was, it was we actually pulled it at the National uh, in Cleveland. <laughs> That's where we pulled the card this year. Nice. Um, sent him a message immediately on chat and then sent him an email. And we went back and forth. And, you know, I was happy to pay whatever he wanted for it. So, uh, and he was fair on his price. Uh his name is Thomas, by the way. He's a great customer of ours, super nice guy that we've gotten to know over the last year or so. And uh, he actually played in the uh, World Series of Poker this past year. What? Yeah, yeah. I'm not, you know, he wasn't on the final table or anything, but he was in the World Series of Poker and wore a Leighton Sports Cards t-shirt. Oh, so that was amazing. super cool of him to do. That's amazing. Um, and uh, he ended up with the card, sold it to me for a fair price, and we have the up with some break credit this that and the other thing so uh <laughs> one of cherished 2018 acquisitions of tom brady is definitely that super that is awesome very cool okay so we'll, we'll just say elements football we like that tom brady super Bowl auto i like it uh what, what's uh what product this year were you le- uh, i guess least impressed with maybe you had high expectations for it <laughs> and this was crappy but Let me think here. Uh, hmm. That's a tough one. I mean, we we really didn't have a lot of complaints in terms of products this year. Um, maybe it was because the economy was good. Maybe it was because we broke so much. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if maybe things got lost in the shuffle. Um, <clears throat> I mean, there was there was a lot of releases this year. It felt like more than ever. I don't know if that's true or not, but it felt that way. You did. Um, trying to think here. You know, I I remember Spectra basketball being kind of a letdown because Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum were both redemptions in the product. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Everybody kind of was expecting it to be super hot. They actually allocated that product when it came out. Mm-hmm. We ordered a ton of that stuff and got not quite what we ordered. And I remember it came out and it held its own for a little while. And then all of a sudden it just the bottom fell out of it and it started to tank and tank and tank. Yep. Uh, I mean, I think release day prices were what? 280 a box. Mm-hmm. They're retailing now for less than $200. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I kind of expected a lot out of that product being a 17, 18 kind of a high end product. A lot of people were expecting a lot out of it. Yeah. Um, and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, I guess. I think it just got swallowed up by all the other releases around it. Agreed. Totally yeah, it's, it's a beautiful product. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of on-card rookie autos and auto patches in that product. Um, so, the, I, I mean, in terms of the actual build of the product, it should have done fine, but its performance just wasn't there. Hmm. That's a, That's a great one. Yeah, I, I totally remember that. I mean, we, we were talking about that in the podcast when it all happened. I mean, it was super hot for like 
a second. And then before you knew it, it's like, wait, what is it? What's going on here? These that's, are I mean, the are cheap. same thing happened to so many products this year. Yeah. They just got swallowed up. Yeah. There's also a lot of products that may not, may not have been that good of a product, but they were, they were ripped and opened so quick and disappeared mm. so fast that simply supply and demand made it seem like it was good. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to gauge. If, I mean, if you're gauging it from a actual value standpoint, it's hard to say. But if you're gauging it from a wholesale mm-hmm. standpoint or a, you know, a business standpoint, it's also, you know, you're you're looking at it from a totally different perspective. Yeah. Um, from a collecting standpoint, I mean, there was a lot of really good products this year that a lot of people got a lot of really good hits out of. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, singles are selling from more than ever, and at least from my standpoint. Uh, I mean, we do a lot of buyback type of stuff mm-hmm. and repack products, and we're constantly purchasing singles off of eBay from collectors and from Facebook and everywhere. And I feel like I'm paying more <laughs> than ever before oh, totally. to yeah. acquire cards. Yeah. And some stuff you can actually get really cheap, but then some stuff that you think might be cheap is way more than you expect it to be. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's very, very interesting time in the industry. It is. And I feel like there's a lot of, um, you know, the manufacturers are figuring out, okay, well, look, this, this product did really good the last year or two. Let's double down and massively overproduce this product and take advantage of it. Right. And then it's not going to do so well. And then the next couple of years after that, it's going to do well again. There's a lot of cyclical stuff happening more so than I can remember 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Very uh, true. Um, I mean, I, I, I would, dare to say you're going to see a lot more of that going forward as well hmm. um i think you're going to see more output of you know brands like prism and optic yep and the, the ones that really you know the the base heavier type products that sell very well i think you're going to see probably more production of those and less production of those you know the mid-range products you know the the $200 boxes, $150 box, you're probably going to see much less of those. Why, why do you say that? Do you... Well, I mean, you're going to see them made and you're going to see them printed. Sure. Like you're going to see them go pretty much. I mean, breakers that breakers are usually the only ones that are selling an abundance of them. Yeah. So um, if only, you know, X amount of breakers are breaking that product, they only have to make X amount to make everybody happy and get that product out there whereas a prism type of product and an optic type of product can be sold at every single level whether it be by the box by the case by the pack and by the single Mm -hmm. so you can see it in the hobby shops across the country sure and i think there are a lot of hobby shops that are not getting anywhere close to what they need to keep their customers happy Mm -hmm. so i think they're going to try to remedy that situation by making more of it Do you think that makes it harder for you as a group breaker or do you think that it's just not kind necessarily, of a... okay. I mean, uh, not necessarily, um, from a breaking standpoint, we're always going to break what our customers want us to break. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't, we try not to let the market dictate what we're breaking, but more so our community, hmm. um, if something's hot, we're going to break a lot of it. If something's mm-hmm. cold, we're going to put it on the shelf. I mean, it's pretty much how we've always done things. Um, if we have to take a loss on a product, then that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. If we had to order a bunch of it, then uh, to get, you know, I mean, that's just, that's the game. We've been playing this game for a long time with <laughs> distributors and, 
manufacturers to where they want us to order a ton of product that they probably don't think is going to do really well, but it helps our numbers to get the other product, you know, that everybody's going to want at the end of the year or later in the season. Sure. Um, It's just, it's part of the game. Uh, You know, I mean, we're, we we were pretty lucky this year. I honestly believe we a lot of people got really lucky this year, including the manufacturers. It was just such a great year mm-hmm. where a lot of different things kind of fell into place all at the right time. You had the good rookie class in multiple sports, yep. uh, which makes products so much easier to sell on every level, whether it be a hobby shop or breaker or wholesaler. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I can't off the top of my head. I can't really think of, more than a couple of products actually went down in price this year. Yeah. Um, there are a couple here and there, but nothing, you know, you know, they're, they're just usually every year there's 10 products or so or 20 products that are just tanking, you know, and then there's a bunch of products at the end of the year, a high end stuff that goes way through the roof. Mm -hmm. Right. I I feel like the bottom end really came up this year. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to other years. I 100% agree. I think we could come up with a lot of stats to back that. You know, I think it's uh, this is the golden age of of sports cards right now. Like I I, I do believe that. I think you're probably not going to see a year like we just had in a long, long time. Yeah, I I agree. Um, it's just a perfect storm of rookie classes. You have football, baseball, and basketball. And, you know, basketball is kind of those weird ones where you kind of almost have two rookie classes at once because yep. of the timing of releases yep. with basketball. So you kind of you're dealing with high end 17, 18, and you're dealing with the beginning of 18, 19 and prism of 18, 19 lumped yep. in kind of in the one calendar year. Yeah, that's where things get crazy. I mean, even the 18, 19 class is looking stronger and stronger every day. <laughs> it doesn't it's help crazy. that Luka Doncic is just ridiculous. Yeah, and that kid's special. He is. That kid is very special. Every every day, there's a highlight reel of yeah. of Luca being put out there. It's that kid's special. If, if he's not making great shots, he's helping kids in the sidelines after he runs them over. Did you, did you, see, did you see that clip? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah he's, he's he's the real deal. Yeah, he is. Um, so that that is as I think we both agree. Like perfect storm, great great year, 2018. What's got to give in 2019? What would you say is the, the thing that will be affected the most with a, a more of a down year, more of a normal year? I, I mean, I, it's hard to say. I, I, I keep hearing a lot of people mention the economy when talking about this industry. Um, I mean, it, it, yeah. I remember the economy being in a downturn. Uh, a couple of times, not a, not a recession, but a downturn mm-hmm. in, you know, 2013, 2012, two, or 2013, 2014. Yep. Um, and the economy was down and the housing market was down and, you know, uh, different things were going on in, in, in the, the stock market and everything else. And trading was down and this this happened and that happened. Uh, different, you know, they were still feeling a lot of the repercussions of the the uh, financial crisis in 2009, uh, or 2000, whatever it was, 2000, mm-hmm. yeah, 2009, 2008. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, everybody hadn't said, you know, uh, or is saying this year that it's because the economy is so good. That's why cards are selling so well. Whereas I've actually found in the past, 
that we were we actually were busy when the economy was not doing well. Yeah. I don't know if it was an anomaly for us and because we were growing so rapidly, I'm not really sure as to why that had happened. But I, I actually found that there were a lot of cards, especially like on the singles market, that were skyrocketing mm-hmm. when there were commodities and trades and, and stock markets actually plummeting. I don't know if people were pulling their money out of one thing and putting it into another mm-hmm. uh, and, and reinvesting mm-hmm. and, and just moving stuff around into things that they thought, oh, I can grab this now and it's going to be worth this later. I don't know if that was the case or not, but we were busy. Uh, very, very busy when the economy was, was kind of in a down trend. Yeah. So I, I don't know that the economy is going to affect 2019 all that much. I, I could be wrong. Maybe on a broader scale of the entire industry. Yeah. It may affect it a little bit, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think, uh, I think it's all about the rookie classes. Agreed. I think 2013 for sports cards collecting was terrible. Because it had bad rookie classes, <laughs> um, and I, I think everything in our industry can can really be pointed towards the rookie class yeah. of that year. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I think uh, we probably do. Some of us give a little bit too much weight to the stock market affecting s- sports cards. I mean, it's such a limited audience that they're losing enough money in the stock market to where they're going to stop spending on cards. And if they are going to stop spending on cards, they're usually the high-end cards that are being affected. Right. You know, it's right. not the it's not the average day Joe stopping his you know his his twenty five bucks, fifty bucks a week investing in breaks and small you know cards. So yeah, I think it, it'd take a lot. It'd, t- it'd take a massive a massive uh, crash, if you will, for us to see anything mm-hmm. in that regard. But yeah, I agree. Rookie classes are everything. So let's say rookie class is not not so hot next year. Um, there there is obviously an abundance of group breakers. T- there's too many group breakers. What um, do you think? That's one of those things. <laughs> you that... said that. I did not say that. <laughs> no, you did not say that. Just so we're clear. <laughs> <laughs> I get emails every week from new group breakers, so I know how how this is. Um, do you think? Do you think that's one of the things that will kind of give? Is it this? You'll see a little bit of a cleaning of the house situation. Yeah, you know, it, it's happened before. Yep. Um, you know, that's just, I think that's the same. And from what I can tell, it's the same in a lot of different industries, if totally. not all of them, uh, to where, you know, if the economy does tend to, you know, it shakes some people off, um, it, it's, uh, it's going to detract from the wider spending. It's going to make customers do more research in terms of who they are spending their money with. Um, it, it, it tends to, uh, make people more alert in terms of what, what they're buying, mm-hmm. uh, maybe rather than just blindly buying into X amount of breaks every night, they're going to start really picking and choosing in terms of what products they want, <laughs> which of course, in turn makes the products either more or less, uh, more or less popular, um, in terms of breakers and in terms of shops and everything. So, I mean, would you really just have to see how things work out? But yeah, I typically, um, the smaller breakers, you know, they, they, it gets harder and harder for them to fill breaks and get good product and, and, uh, reach more customers when the economy isn't good. So yep. just have to wait and see how, how it pans out. Um, for sure. You know, obviously we don't wish them any, any, you know, wrong or, or anything ill whatsoever, you know, 
I mean, we want everybody to, anybody that's doing things honestly, doing things the right way, we want them all to succeed and do well in this industry. And we yeah. want things to continue to grow uh, as a whole. Yeah, so. 100%. Yeah, and, and I say that because there are a lot of newer breakers that listen to this and, and uh, you know, take it take it for what it's worth. But, I mean, just be smart. Heading into 2019, you're, it's the glory years won't continue forever. And you got to be smart and run your business like like it's your profession and don't get caught got caught with a $15,000 yeah, bill yeah. that you can't pay because there's not a good rookie <laughs> class, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. That, I mean, we, take it from me. I mean, we, we were hit really, really hard in 2013 with uh, the yeah. way tops Chrome football plummeted. Oh goodness. And then every other product behind it basically followed suit. Yeah. Um, we got hit really, really hard. In fact, I mean, we, that was, we were really close to just, closing up shop hmm. we were really close uh where we almost financially just couldn't make it yeah um but we just you know we we worked really really hard and i sacrificed a lot hmm. i mean i sacrificed a lot and we we did everything we could to stay afloat and just continue to chip away at everything and finally we got our heads above the sand and above water and did did everything we could to to keep afloat and Fortunately, we're still here. That's and, right. Uh, you know, that was a that was a really really hard year. Uh, we, I mean, I I barely slept for a while. <laughs> that was a that was a really tough time. And yeah, I mean, I if I remember correctly, Top's Chrome was worth. Uh, I think we had the time at the most at one point we had I think fifty cases of Top's <laughs> Chrome football uh, oh. sealuses. Yeah. And then I think on release, I mean, on release, it was already down and it just continued to go down from there just yeah. every day. Got less and less and less. No, I remember it. I remember it clearly. That was, was a really tough, that was a tough year. And we're only in business for barely two years at that point, like a year and a half at that point. Yeah. You just <laughs> so can't it's say. Not like, you know, yeah. it's not like we had this big cushion of money laying around or anything, you know, we were, <laughs> we're. We're operating on slim margins, and we yep. still do. I mean, for that matter, but yeah, you know, we we weren't doing a ton of breaks back then, and we took a, you know, we we finally got to the point where we were getting big allocations on product, and we were doing well, and breaks were going well, and things were going great. And that product hit. And I'm like, yeah, man, we'll, you know, we can do it. We we got 50 cases of this stuff coming. We'll be all right. And, yeah, that didn't. That Everybody didn't had 50 cases. No. Right. Right. Everybody yeah. had as much as they wanted of that product. Yep. We just didn't yeah. we just didn't see it coming, you know? And many people did. And we learned a lot that year. We learned a lot that year. Mm -hmm. And we grew so much because of that that entire season, really. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I had fifteen cases of it. I remember selling the cases eventually. Uh and I was just ripping a lot of it, and I sold them for like four hundred and twenty-five bucks a case. Yeah, it was yeah. just it was a, at that point you're just like, get, just get it out of here. I don't want to look at it. Just please, just get rid of this. Yeah, we did everything we could to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we held on to some of it, and you know, just hoping it would bounce back a little and do this, and, or you know, try doing a different style. But one, even if we were down to the point where we we're doing like two box breaks of that stuff for wow. just cost. Um, you know. Yeah. And then we started doing random style teams at like 50% off, just <laughs> half off of the case. Wow. There you go, guys. This is what we got. Yeah. We'll take something. 
Yeah. You said you learned a lesson. You learned yeah, lots of lessons. You tighten, tighten the screws. What, what would you say was the big lesson you learned from that? What, what was the big takeaway? To, I mean, well, first off, we, we learned about how this market can work either for you or against you. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. And also learned that uh, those people in the dairy market in terms of wholesale products. And we learned that, uh, <laughs> that if somebody wants a product to go down, they're going to make absolutely sure it goes down. And if somebody wants a product to go up, they're going to make absolutely sure that it goes up. And sometimes you're at mercy of those people in the secondary market. And sometimes you're not. And sometimes you just have to be absolutely and utterly careful about what you're ordering, why you're ordering it and who you expect to sell it to. Um, I think you always have to have a plan in mind when doing your orders and your pre-orders and your allocations and your breaks and everything. I think just guessing in the dark can get extremely dangerous. And that's kind of how I took that approach. I was like, man, everything's hot right now. Tom's current football is, you know, it's Tom's current football. Everybody wanted 2012. That's not how things work. Just because 2012 Tops current football was popular didn't mean 2013 was going to be. And I didn't really, I mean, I knew that, but I didn't, I didn't put it into practice. Hmm. And, you know, now I know, you know, I know going into 2019, it's, you know, everybody's going to watch that draft. At least, I don't know about everybody, but but I'm going to be watching that draft, that 2019 NFL draft. And that's going to very much, you know, dictate how I order my football products. Whereas, you know, the 2017 draft was, it was perfect. It was like the perfect storm with Baker going up and Lamar getting, you know, people, uh, the Ravens moved up to get Lamar and everybody moved up to get quarterbacks and offensive players are coming off the board left and right in the first round. It made Mm -hmm. a huge impact on 2017 football products. Mm -hmm. Whereas in this coming year, the offensive players, there's there's just not that many, at least not that I see. Uh, so we try to pay attention to the college football classes coming out into the draft. And, you know, it made us really – it really made us pay attention to all facets of what possibly can make a product good or bad in terms of the rookie class in it or the teams are going to or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, now, you know – there's much more research involved from, you know, from my standpoint anyway, in terms of when we order products. Yeah, no, that's, that's some really good insight. And I, it's funny, first off, I shouldn't ignore the fact that you just, there's a conspiracy theory here that we might have to touch on next time. This whole idea of the secondary market getting what they want. There should be a little theme song in the background here right, right now. <laughs> <laughs> Affecting products, driving down, driving up. I love it. That could be a fun conversation. But we had a, a gentleman, Japers four one three. He's a he's a Bowman guy. Uh, kind of helped put together. I'm familiar with with Japers. I follow him on Twitter. Nice. He has great insight on baseball prospects. Yeah. Well, he had him yeah. on. We had him yeah. on a couple weeks ago, and I, I didn't really think of it the way he put it. But he was just talking about how when he pays attention to the draft and like ranking prospects, he pays. A little bit less attention to stats and more attention to the teams he goes to. to the yep, because that drives same, same most thing of the for price. Football too. Yeah, same thing for football. Um, you know, 
it was perfect that Baker went to the Browns. It was also horrible that Baker went to the Browns. <laughs> it worked out nicely, uh, you know, because of how he performed and everything. But, uh, I mean, in the beginning of the year, people were unsure and everything else. Like, you know, oh, is it, could it be another Browns flop, you know? Or another, you know, quarterback wasted in the draft. I mean, I remember specifically, like, oh, Baker's good, but he's a Brown now, so, yep. you know, I'll pass. So, yep. it's funny how things work out. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. But uh, you, you always want the big market teams to get the big market player. Yep. That's what you want. Uh, you want the teams that sell and have good fan bases that collect. Um, you know, just because it's a big market mm-hmm. team doesn't mean that everybody's going to want their card. It's, it's weird. There's a, there's a very weird, uh, fine line that you kind of have to, to, to balance uh, between, you know, prospecting who you think is going to sell for what and, and why. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But there's no doubt that Sam Darnold going to the jets and Saquon Barkley going to the giants absolutely saved, saved this year's card market football. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, man from a group breaking perspective i know it did pretty well but we've had lots of conversations just amongst ourselves about how it's just been brutal football single values have just been plummeting it's hard, it's hard, yeah. hard. you know i until listen until contender football hmm. drops and gets out there yep and until NT football gets out there and drops, then we'll talk about okay. values of single That's rookies. That's fair. Because they're the two, in my opinion, that dictate the entire rookie class market. Okay. I mean, if you look back, they're the two rookie autos that everyone wants, period. They're the two that the biggest collectors go after. Yep. Is the rookie ticket cracked ice auto or rookie ticket auto graded a 10 or 9, 5, 10 or whatever it might be? And then the NT true RPA to 99 and then the shields of those cards. Yep. They're the biggest ones. And they're the ones that kind of, that's like your year in summary right there. It's like, all right, well, these guys are selling for this much and these two products, they're the ones to go after. Yep. I, I, I would agree with that for sure. And it's kind of a shame that we have to kind of just say, hey, the first four months of the hobby, well, yeah, whatever. Let's just wait. <laughs> but that is what it is with football. I. I think those types of products are more for like, especially the people buying up certain guys. Uh, you know, you're going to get guys that are fans of those guys. Yeah. And you're going to get guys that think they might go up a little bit. And you're going to get guys that are the super collectors mm-hmm. that are looking for that guy on that team. And they want one of every type of brand that comes out for that player or sure. the variations of it or the rainbow or whatever it might be. Um, but it, it's tough. Uh, Football is very backwards um, in terms of how the market always works out for those cards. Uh, if you look at uh, 2017 products, uh, I think we mentioned the 2017 draft. I meant to say 2018. Yeah. But the 2017 products, all you know, it usually takes like a year <laughs> for the products to actually either go up or down. Mm-hmm. It like the whole spectrum of products have to be out okay and then you get to the next draft and then the next season starts and then certain people from the following year's rookie class stand out like baker or whoever it's going to be next year mm-hmm. then 
all of those beginning products then go up or down mm. de depending on how they play the following year. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> it's, it's very backwards. Yeah. Whereas in baseball, baseball, you're collecting the guys that are just drafted and paying an absolute premium for guys that have not seen a major league pitch. Yeah. In football, their stuff, their rookie stuff goes up even more like the following year or even two years sometimes later. That That is the lack of a minor league system in football. That is what happens with cards. And there's the yeah. there's the result of that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, for all the new collectors and new wax investors, that is a great piece of insight. It's it's very weird how it works. I mean, if you had bought last year, if you could have bought a ton of twenty seventeen national I mean, it would have cost you a lot of money. Twenty seventeen national treasures football or twenty seventeen contenders football. Yep. You could have bought cases and cases of that product, sat on it for an entire year. And then sold it and made a killing, yep. an absolute killing because of Pat Mahomes. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it takes, like I said, it took like a full year for his stuff to really ignite and take off. You could have bought his contenders rookie autos for nothing. next to nothing 300 bucks, compared yeah. to where they are now. Yep, It's crazy. Yep. I mean, his, his cards sell for a ton of money right now. Yeah. 10X. So, yep. you know, it's, it's, it's pretty insane. You have to actually buy the year before they take off or else you're going to pay a premium for it. Agreed. That's uh that, that puts a little bit of a, a damper on our theories about football, but I, you, you are a veteran and that's, that's why we have guys like you on because you have the wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I just see the, I, I, I get, I get to see things from a lot of different angles and I'm blessed in that, in that, uh, position. in that matter that, yeah. yeah, to be in that position to where I can see, you know, things from, you know, actually cracking the packs and yep. seeing how the boxes and cases develop uh, from a collector standpoint, from a consumer standpoint, from business standpoint. And then I get to see things from the secondary market standpoint on not only the singles value, but the wholesale value of the products that those singles are coming out of. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of information to actually kind of put together to uh, help you understand how things work in this industry. And sometimes no matter how much information you have and how much everything you've put together, sometimes it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yep. So you can do all the research in the world and then a product goes up for no reason whatsoever. And the product goes down for no reason whatsoever. It's very strange. <laughs> there are anomalies. Conspiracy theory back to it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So there's, there's enough of those out there. That's there's true. We don't, we don't need one. In this. We get away from that. that's why we go to sports cards. We get away from that crap. Screw that. Yeah, very true. Who a uh, couple questions and we'll get back. We'll get back to our, our families for the weekend, or I guess the week. It's Wednesday. It feels weird. Uh, who? Which manufacturer has the most to prove in 2019? Has the most to prove? Yep. Wow. <laughs> I mean, from all of the manufacturing standpoints, it's got to be. I mean, it's got to be Upper Deck, right? Ah. Only, I mean, I feel like they've just disappeared and they just make hockey cards. I mean, I know they make Goodwin Champions and they make some, you know, some other things here and there. But I, I mean, I, you don't know how often I hear on our on our chat and I read on our chat and I hear from emails and questions that, you know, doesn't Upper Deck make basketball cards anymore? Doesn't <laughs> Upper Deck make this anymore? Don't they make that anymore? Yeah. 
and oh, I miss upper deck. Oh, they made this and they made that. I used to collect this. I used to collect that. I, I mean, everybody always kind of, at least from what I see, you know, I feel like everybody wants them to like kind of get back into it. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong. They make quality products. Um, they make beautiful hockey cards. Uh, they just, they don't make anything else. They don't have a lot to offer, I guess, licensing problems and everything else. Um, they're pretty limited in terms of what they can do. But, man, I mean, to see them come back and make, like, a high-end basketball product, actual cards, that would have been amazing. Oh. Uh, just the licensing and everything else involved with it. There's so much red tape. And there's so much money involved. Um, I, th- I think, you know, I'd love to see them make a move. Some kind of move, something. I don't know what. They're pretty. I think they're pretty handcuffed yeah. in terms of what they can do. But I'd love to see them try something and kind of get back into the other sports other than hockey and do some high end stuff or something. Yeah. I'd love to see it. I would too. I would too. No doubt about that. Um, all right, cool. That, that's that's good. I, I figured you said Leaf for Upper Deck, but I was curious. Um, Brian Gray from Leaf is one of my favorite people because he's just absolutely amazing to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a collector. Yep. That guy's a collector. He literally collects. The mm-hmm. guy actually buys into our breaks. He buys into our breaks, hangs out in our chat, answers questions, not into leaf breaks. He does not buy into leaf breaks. If I even do a mixer that has leaf in it, he won't buy in. I guess he doesn't want there to be like a conflict of interest of him getting his own card back. You know what I mean? But he collects. <laughs> The guy actually buys into breaks, collects cards, buys them, sells them, trades them. He's active on Facebook. He's active yeah. on social media. And he's a special guy. Yeah. Um, you know, the, to to be able to to be on that level, from the you know the consumer standpoint, and to you know, he's he's a manufacturer of cards and he makes some pretty awesome products. Like Leaf Pearl. Amazing. Yeah. That was an awesome product, man. We love that stuff. Yep. Uh, our customers loved it. And, uh, you know, it, I don't think he has anything to prove. Not in my opinion. He, I, he does his best with the cards he's dealt, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with all the licensing and everything else. He's trying everything he can to stay in every sport. He puts out baseball products, football products. He does buybacks. He does original products galore. Uh, I don't think he has much to prove at all, but, you know. I mean, Upper Deck, once upon a time, man, those guys were, it was they were, they were hard was, to beat. Yep. They were the top. Yep. They were. They made high-end products of almost every sport. They were all highly sought after, and, you know, they, they did a bit of everything. And everybody loved almost all of their releases. They were very much worshipped once upon a time, and I think they still are. It's funny. I mean, look at the secondary pricing on, like, you know, mid two thousands exquisite basketball. Oh, it's insane. Just 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 for like a patch card yeah. of LeBron or Kobe. Just a patch, not even an auto. This card sells for crazy amounts yeah. of money. I think it just goes to show how much people really like those products. I mean, they still are collecting them to this day, even with all of the other high end releases out there and they have options of collecting other stuff. And they always go back to those older exquisite products, even for football sometimes. I wonder how many times people have gotten less than market value for their cards on eBay because they couldn't spell exquisite right. 
<laughs> there's, there's a question. You know, I've never thought. I've never thought about that, but yeah, I mean, autocorrect for the win, right? That's right. That's right. All right, brother. Uh, we're gonna end with uh, something we call rapid fire. Um, I got five questions for you. Random questions, just whatever comes to mind. Just get to know you a little bit more. Cool with that? Yeah. All right. You uh, where's one place that you don't mind waiting in line? Uh, the grocery store. <laughs> okay. You know why? And I'll tell you why real quick. I'll tell you if you if you. Well, I do want to tell, tell you why me. real quick. Why is that? It's the music. What? Yeah. Go to the grocery store and listen to music. Don't no, thanks. Like just kind of. I'm not kidding, man. <laughs> Some excellent music mixes on at least at Publix down here. I'm like I, I'm not kidding, man. I can totally jam the supermarket. What they always they, have good music on. Don't they I just can just hang Disney? out and listen to music, and it's nice and quiet. It's nice. You're in Orlando. They just play Disney theme song music everywhere, don't they? No, they do not. It's not what you think, man. <laughs> they don't play Disney everywhere you go down here. No. In Disney? Yes, they do. That's all you're getting at Disney. But uh, no, I mean, it's it's nice. All I don't right. mind hanging out in line. It's, it's kind of relaxing at the grocery store. That's impressive. That's yeah. impressive. All right. Uh, <laughs> I find uh, I find the weirdest things to, you know, kind of find pleasure. It's almost in. meditative for me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You're uh, you're a member of one sitcom family. Which uh, which is it? <laughs> one sitcom family. Uh, <sighs> I really badly want to answer one way, but I'm gonna say. Uh, I'd have to say shameless. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's probably, I would, I would say I'd probably be a part of that family. Okay. Uh, kind of operating uh, with the wheels coming off all the time. <laughs> you know, we, we're, we're, it's so hard in uh, what we do to do, to plan really anything. We're at the mercy of the distributors who change or at the actors uh, who change the release date so often mm -hmm. that we actually can't plan anything. Um, so, you know, yeah. we're, it's, uh, it's pretty tough to, to operate as a family unit and do much of anything that you have planned out. You kind of just always flying by the seat of your pants. No doubt. And they, they change the, the release dates of products basically every week. So yeah, I, I get that. I get I've, that sure. I've gotten notifications of release date changes on a Monday when it was coming out on a Wednesday. <laughs> uh, craziest thing you've done because you lost a bet. Or, or a dare or whatever. Craziest thing? Mm -hmm. Um, hmm. You know, I, that's a tough one to answer. I'd say, uh, this is years ago, man. I had to wear a Yankees for a day in school all day uh, because the Red Sox had lost the game against them. And this is ages ago. <laughs> but I, I tend to not, I try to stay away from making wagers where somebody has to do something embarrassing. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it, another great lesson it never, for all you young people. Good for anybody. <laughs> they never end up good for anyone. You know, I yes. mean, just make a friendly wager and, you know, take somebody out to dinner or yeah. home a drink or whatever it might be. You know, I try to stick with, with friendly wagers like, like that. Not, not something that, you know, Somebody has to shave off an eyebrow or something like that. I'm not not a big fan of stuff like that, man. Uh, agreed, agreed for sure. I don't even know what I would answer on that one. So 
Um, you're, you're the CEO of any other company in the world. Which CEO? Which company is it? Hmm. That's a tough one too. That's a good question. Um, huh. I would say it's funny. We just mentioned it. I would say Disney. Really? Yeah, absolutely. At like a like somebody that uh, I would want to be in charge of of a company that had facets in their business that were just everywhere, mm-hmm. where they had money invested kind of in different places and a lot to manage. I tend to work better when we're busy, uh, and I have a lot on my plate. I, I like I like the stress of that, and I like the I kind of feed off of that yep. stress. Yep. I, I'm very odd in that sense where I like I don't like being slow or I don't like having a lot nothing going on you know mm-hmm. yeah. the busier the busier I am the better I perform yeah you know okay I like that that's a good one I'm so glad you didn't say panini or tops or something like that that would have been so boring nah yeah screw that um now nah, I'll let them make cards and yeah. keep doing their thing that's right that's right all right last question for you um, and we just we just mentioned this being in the grocery store and all. What's the most common impulse buy that you make when you're in the grocery store? Reese's peanut butter cups. Oh, okay. You walk up, you're about to check out at the grocery store, and they're right there yeah. every single time, and they're never anywhere else. They're just right there, chilling. I mean, they're in the candy aisle, I guess, but we really don't go down the candy aisle. Yep. So maybe because we don't go down the candy aisle, that I always want to buy Reese's peanut butter. I don't know. I think my wife does that to me on purpose. Uh, okay. Are you are you a big fan of the uh, the new campaign then for Reese's? The uh, the whole not sorry Reese's. You liking that? I don't really care, man. You know, you just give care. me my Reese's peanut butter cups. Right. I don't care. I don't care. They can do whatever <laughs> they want in terms of advertising. I'm still gonna eat it. Just don't change the recipe. Not sorry. Just don't change the damn recipe. That's all I care about. <laughs> they are so good. It's like yeah. That's the one candy I always – that's my go-to candy. And I'm on a diet right now, so talking about this really is uh, making me think about them too much. Mm. Diet, <laughs> not sorry. Exactly, see? Uh, cool. They're aiming at people on the diets. Rich, thank you so much, man. It's been a pleasure. I think we could talk all day. Thanks for uh, yeah. being available. I'm happy we're able to talk. I mean, it's it's a pleasure to get to talk to you. I've I've, I've actually – I've seen you guys since you first came on the scene. I remember R90 had mentioned to me uh, that you guys had started a thing. And then it was like, like kind of, I, th- I remember you guys started as like a breaker review uh-huh. company, Yep. Uh, which I, I remember getting out of hand <laughs> and kind of left it kind of as an open forum. Yep. And it shed some negative light on the website itself. And you guys kind of reformatted and changed things. And I, I just want to say from somebody who owns, business and somebody who owns a website and somebody who's dealt with negativity and everything. guys handled it really well. And I, I appreciate that you guys have, uh, you know, tried to modify things and change things and, 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 uh, got into the podcasting and everything else. And, uh, you know, I wish you guys all the best and I hope, uh, whatever you guys ever need and just reach out be happy to come on the show and talk about whatever you want. You man. Thank you. That, that really does me a lot. Yeah, we did go through a lot of that crap the first couple of years. But LatenSportsCards.com, for those that don't know, but I'm sure you know, give Rich, give his team a chance, go hang out with them, go enjoy the community. Yep. And, uh, you know, Breaking Brad, my nephew, has been my 
my uh, trusted uh, one of the other trusted breakers at LSE for a long time now. He's does a great job for us, and we have uh, you know we have a private Facebook group for our customers that have joined our breaks where they can buy, sell, and trade. It's a latent sports cards collectors community, and on Twitter, believe it or not, my Twitter handle is at richlayton42. I didn't know how Twitter worked freaking seven <laughs> years ago, six years ago. I'm like, ah, oh, just put this in, I guess, as my handle. And little did I know that it would turn into, you know, having thousands of followers and everything back then. I had no idea. So I, I don't know if you can actually change that or not, but I never bothered to try. So I just left it that way. Doesn't matter. People type latent sports cards, all one word, no spaces in between, and they'll find you on Twitter. Yep. So That's true. Yep. Cool, man. Well, ha- enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks so much, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, man. All right, Rich.